Thanks for tuning in to the Survival to Thrival podcast, based on the book series with the same name. I'm Helen Croydon, and I'm the interviewer of the biggest stars of the show, the two co-authors, Tehi Norm and Bob Tinker. Tehi and Bob are a duo of investor and entrepreneur. They have a long history of working together and have written two books together, aimed at founders and entrepreneurs striving to build enterprise startups. This podcast is based on the themes, advice and real world stories from their book series, Survival to Thrival. If you enjoyed this, please like it, subscribe or share it with your network. Welcome to another episode of the Survival to Thrival podcast. The last few episodes, we focused on finding go-to-market fit, building the playbook, finding urgency and identifying your wow. Today, we're going to cover a granular tactical topic that's often murky for early stage companies. That is metrics. What are the go-to-market and SaaS metrics that help run the business around go-to-market fit? Tehi, I know this might sound like a massive question. We've talked a lot about how to find go-to-market fit, but how do you measure it? As an investor, we find the easiest way to measure go-to-market fit is by just looking at the magic number. The magic number is simply for each dollar or euro spent on sales and marketing, how much new revenue or new ARR are you generating? So it's a, a simple number where you just basically take new ARR divided by sales and marketing expense, and then that gives you the number. Well, investors really like it for two reasons. Uh, first, with this metric, uh, it's very easy to forecast growth for a company because you can plug in how much you think the company should spend on sales and marketing. And based on that, uh, you can predict how much new ARR the company will be generating. So the first thing that you get is uh, it's very easy to build spreadsheet models. Um, and the second is, is that uh, it's something that's easy to calculate uh, for public companies as well as private companies within your portfolio. And, why and so as a result, thing? it's a metric that's very easy to compare across companies to see how well the company is doing. So you need it to forecast growth in a spreadsheet model. And the second is uh, it's easy to compare. You know, the interesting thing about this is that, you know, as the entrepreneur sort of running the company, uh, the magic number also helps you answer a really important question, which is, do you try and go faster or do you need to mm -hmm. slow down? Like, should you spend more or should you spend less? You know, in terms of like, what's the threshold for where you can say, hey, look, you know, now it feels like we've found go-to-market fit. You can feel it on one hand because you can start to feel the momentum. But the way that shows up in the metrics is you will start to see sort of the magic number in a business start to improve significantly to where as you put more in, you get more out and it starts to become more predictable. And that tells you that that's sort of the, the financial measure for being able to find that repeatable, scalable sales that happens in go-to-market fit. Well, let's maybe talk about like where some of these inputs come from, because mm -hmm. I think you know, I, I sort of remember this in the early days of building Mobile Iron is you get a lot of metrics thrown at you and it's sort of confusing as to what to pay attention to. And you, know, you have to instrument like different parts of the business to be able to get it. Sort of the fundamentals in terms of like what's underneath, like how you end up being able to get to your magic number and a lot of the other metrics we're going to talk about is number one, 
you need your ACV or ARR waterfall. And what that is, is it's the ins and outs every month or every quarter that happens in your business. So if you imagine every quarter, so it's how you what's your starting ARR, what's new logo ARR you've added, what's customers who have expanded you've added, what's churn customers that left you and zeroed out and what's shrinkage where customers reduce their billings. And then you end up at your ending ARR for that quarter or that month or that period. And being able to have that every month or every quarter gives you sort of the raw materials to be able to understand, you know, a lot of these metrics get calculated off that waterfall. The second thing you need is basically an understanding of your sales and marketing expense. You know, what are you spending? And then the third one is just around pipeline. And we'll talk about that later. Tehi, you've created this brilliant spreadsheet for this, um, haven't you, which we will put on the Survival to Thrive website after this podcast. Do you want to explain a little bit about what's in your magic spreadsheet for calculating the magic number? Right. I mean, it's basically what uh, Bob was talking about is that, you know, you want uh, the data input uh, to be able to do the ARR breakdown. And second is to break your, uh, uh, allocate your, it to your sales and marketing expenses. But the spreadsheet is, is asking the question, how can you forecast growth and cash flow with uh, the fewest number of metrics? Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out that if you just have the magic number, gross churn rate and gross margin, and you know, you make assumptions in terms of your go-to-market spend and your non-go-to-market spend, you know, you can build a, a model that you can forecast growth and you can forecast cash flow. And also compare with other SaaS companies within our portfolio or public companies. These all sound like great measures. How do you actually operationalize it and, and incorporate these figures into the running of the business? Well, Helen, that's a great question. And it reminds me of a, an early conversation I had with Bob in the early days of Mobile Iron, where, you know, I came across the magic number, was calculating it uh, amongst our portfolio and public companies. And then talking to Bob, I remember Bob saying, that's great, but how do I operationalize it? You know, uh, uh, you know, how, how do I, uh, what do I do to actually improve this magic number? Because the magic number is a financial metric and also is a, a lagging indicator. And so how do you get underneath that? Yeah. And the other thing is that like the interesting thing about magic numbers, it's a great measure of sales productivity, but no one executive and no one person on your team actually owns it. Because it cuts across sales, it cuts across marketing, cuts across customer success. So it's a great summary metric to be able to tell you what's going on. But you have to get underneath it and get more granular in terms of how do you tie it to actual investments and operations in the various parts of your business. So have you given any examples of how you actually do that? The place where I found it useful to start is in measuring pipeline. That you know, if you think about the go-to-market playbook you've built, you've got from the very beginning when you first touch a prospect all the way through winning them, making them successful, you've got a lot of measurement points for pipeline in terms of customers and prospects that are at different stages. So that's actually where you can start to operationalize this because for each step in the customer journey, there's a different group in your team that's actually focused on it. At the very beginning, it's marketing mm-hmm. with, you know, how many prospects are showing in and how much did you spend on each one of those? And then how many of those convert to the next stage and 
how many people were involved in that. What's you, When you start measuring pipeline as it's moving through your go-to-market playbook, that starts to give you some operational measures for you know why the magic number ended up the, what it is and gives you places where you can make changes, make more investments, figure out what's working, figure out what's not working. And then you can get even more granular and start doing that on sort of a regional or rep basis. So you can start to understand, like, are there parts of the world or parts of the country that are working better than others or not better than others? And so I found sort of the pipeline analysis is where really the rubber meets the road in terms of what's actually happening mechanically inside your go-to-market engine that then eventually leads to your go-to-market number looking good or bad. Mm. So one thing I noticed as working with companies, early companies, uh, stage companies on pipeline analysis is, you know, the different stages of the pipeline, you know, what is pipeline, what is not. And uh, what I found helpful, I mean, obviously, to understand the customer journey, as Bob mentioned, but also is to break it into two macro stages. One is just creating pipeline, pipeline creation, and the second is pipeline conversion. And uh, then the related question becomes, when does a deal become pipeline? And it's simply whenever sales starts working on the deal, because every company defines a little bit differently, but it's when sales starts actually working on the deal. And what's most important is to just apply that definition consistently. Mm -hmm. Then you can start having good data. Like as an example for how this ties to like when you start to say, oh, wow, I think we found good market fit is, you know, because of urgency, you'll start to see your pipeline creation grow. Like if you put dollars in and spend marketing, when you found an urgent pain, your pipeline creation will naturally accelerate. That's a sign you're onto something. In terms of are you able to get customers to move through your go-to-market playbook? That's starting to be pipeline conversion. They move from stage one to stage two to stage three to stage four. So to Tay's point, the second piece of pipeline conversion is also how fast and how effective are customers and prospects moving through your pipeline? Those two things really mm-hmm. combine to give you a sense for sort of, are you building momentum? Are things getting better? Are things getting easier? Or are you kind of slogging through the mud? And it'll also help you spot when things are starting to go wrong. Oh, yeah. Great point. Like, you know, as you measure these things, if you start to see a pool of customers and prospects sort of get stuck at one stage of pipeline conversion, like that'll tell you, hmm, what's going on in there? And it gives you a way to sort of diagnose, at least go, or maybe a better way to say that, it gives you an idea of where to go look to diagnose stuff that's maybe not going as well as it should. And related to diagnosis is that uh, you have different groups of people or functions responsible for different parts, like pipeline creation. Yeah, great point. If it's mostly inbound uh, pipeline creation, then that would be marketing. If it's outbound uh, uh, pipeline creation, that could be sales or SDRs. Or if it's uh, through business development or through partners, then it's through business development. And pipeline conversion, if it's a, a sales-led uh, motion, then there'll be res- salespeople will be responsible for it. Whereas if it's product-led, then it could be the product team or the growth team that's responsible for it. Okay. And these metrics become really interesting in that they help you sort of see what's going well, what's not going well, diagnose issues, who owns it. Um, but you know, one of the things that becomes super important for CEOs and early teams to do at this stage is how do you build your business plan as a result? Because you need an operating plan to be able to say, hey, what do we think is going to happen over the next year? How much are we going to invest in different pieces? So if you think about the different metrics that are popping out, you know, pipeline creation and how much you invested to make that happen, 
pipeline conversion, how fast do the different prospects move through each part of the stage? You know, how much sales and marketing investment do you need to make to be able to make those things convert? A lot of these metrics that we've been talking about in terms of pipeline creation, pipeline conversion, comparing that to sales and marketing investment, those things all become inputs to your operating plan that help you sort of decide at a macro level, like, what do we need to spend and how much are we going to try and grow? over the next six to 12 months. So these metrics aren't just sort of snapshots in time. They become a really important input into how do you think about your business plan for the next six, 12 and 24 months? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And if you can do a pipeline analysis per sales rep, then you get to see how productive they are as well. Oh yeah. These, the interesting thing about these metrics is they scale up and they scale down. Like you can do it at the company level, you can do it at the regional level and you could do it at the rep level, either, you know, on a marketing or SDR, BDR, inside sales rep or sales rep level. And that tell, that can tell you a lot about what's going well, what's not going well as well. And then that sort of naturally ties to how do you think about setting sales compensation for the people that are actually doing the work? Great point to end on, Bob, because next episode, we're going to be talking about exactly that sales compensation. How does it work and how does it evolve as you find go-to-market fit? Well, I should finish this by uh, adding that a simple spreadsheet to help you work out all of those metrics that we've talked about today is available on the resources page on survivaltothrival.com. Thanks for listening to the Survival to Thrival podcast with me, Helen Croydon, and co-authors Tehi Nam and Bob Tinker. This podcast is aimed at enterprise startup leaders. If there's someone you know who would find this podcast useful, please share it with them, subscribe, or leave a review. That's how others find us. Survival to Thrival.